You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. So today I have a guest, and that is Lauren Meitzig, who is a Wonder Woman renovator. And she is a full-time renovator, Airbnb super host, and a mother of two young children. She has bought four properties in the last two years, runs three three short-term rentals, and has recently started renovating a dilapidated 80-year-old house in her own street. She's interested in sustainable design, repurposing underappreciated old buildings and is a known force in Facebook Marketplace. So safe to say that we are kindred spirits and I think that you're going to love this episode because Lauren is a gun and she really does what it takes to get the outcome she wants and I think she will be really inspiring for you. And so welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks, Benedict. It's great to be here. Yeah. So what I would like to do is start, let's go through what you've been doing for the last two years mm-hmm. and then we will get into some of, yeah, some of the detail. So when you first joined us, was you have, were still renovating your own home? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just finished renovating a little apartment in Melbourne. I did that in lockdown, in our second lockdown, when we went into like full blown lockdown, I had a three month old baby and I was so bored and ready to kind of do something and our tenant needed to move out. So it was a great time for me to finally renovate that place. And I did that and I made a nice little profit out of that and then came across your podcast and I um, was hooked. (laughs) And so I thought, right, this is awesome. I'm going to join the program and see how I can turn that profit into something else. Yeah, beautiful. And where was that first apartment? That was in Thornbury in Melbourne. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get on to apartments in Melbourne in a little bit. But so then the next prop, and then you renovated your own home or you yep. were in the yep. process? We home. did. And we did a major innovation on our own home. And I, do you want to talk figures or anything at the moment or not? Uh, quite? Yeah. No, let's do that. Yeah. Because it's important, I think, with that. I mean, you always talk about your investing in your principal place of residence, and that really worked for us. So we did a pretty major innovation on that by extending out the back, but it took it from the property being valued at 1.1 before the renovation. We we invested a bit, so it was about 550, the renovation, and then it's just been, now it's valued at 2.2. So it really, there was so much equity added when we did that and allowed for a lot a lot of freedom in what I was able to do next with obviously the lump sum profit that I made off the little apartment and then also our borrowing power because we had that equity in there as well. So the next thing I did was as we were renovating that, we were living outside of Melbourne. So we were living in a little coastal town called Inverloch in Gippsland and I just fell in love with the area and I thought there's a bit of a some potential here because it was obviously right in the middle of all our COVID lockdowns where 
everyone in Melbourne was trying to move away from Melbourne and move regional. So I thought, great, I'll pick up a little house out here somewhere, I'll renovate it and I'll flip it. So that was my next renovation. And I renovated that. It took about six months, but we never let go of it because we loved it so much. And now that is an Airbnb and we share it with our Airbnb guests whenever we can. Yeah. And that's at Campbell? That's at Cape Patterson. Cape Patterson, sorry. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And so then you bought the next property, which is another apartment. Yeah. So that was then from there. So that one, we got really lucky with that Kate Patterson one. We bought it at a great, I bought it at a great price. And then the market, it wasn't really anything that I did that was that clever. It was just the market boomed down there because of everyone wanting to buy outside of Melbourne. And I think I probably secured the last house in that area that was under $500,000. And it was just it was so lucky and it was like it was a hoarder's house. It was it kind of ticked all those boxes. No one wanted to touch it. But then that when that got revalued again, that was like it enabled me to then move forward and buy another property quite quickly. So this time last year, I started looking for another property and I bought that one in Reservoir in Melbourne and spent about oh, a bit longer than I wanted to renovating that one. And then that was meant to be a flip and we put that up for sale at the end of last year, but it didn't sell. So now <laughs> I'm airbeing that one as well. So I, that was then two Airbnbs that I had going on and that's still being airbnb at the moment and going really well. Yeah. yeah. So is that covering its costs? Yeah. And more, it is more than covering its cost, only, ju- only just if the bank would stop putting up interest rates, it would be a real money maker. If it was this time last year, it would have been, it would be amazing. It would have just yeah. been so much profit in it. But at the moment it's just holding its own. And every month is a little bit of a hustle. Like you've where I'm always scratching around trying to make sure that we get everything there to make that mortgage payment at the end of the month, but it's fine. And as if it, my husband and I have just spoken about it and we think as long as we can just hold, 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 hold for as long as we can through this time, then that's all we can do. Yeah. yeah. We're happy with that. And the other thing is with your property, with Reservoir, you're holding out to make your profit. Mm, mm. And, and I think if you can hold it and it covers itself, that's a really smart thing to do because we know the market does go up and down and hate seeing properties being fire sale because mm-hmm. because yeah they get to that but that's the reality of flipping and we know that and so you've got to be yeah a bit pragmatic about it so I'm glad that you are going that way and so then the next one then the next one so at the beginning of last year we had kind of a bit of a strategy session all of us wonder women and one of my goals for the year was to so I had two goals one was to renovate a property and sell it and the other one was to buy another property to it specifically to Airbnb to try and raise my passive income because I'm at that point I was renovating a little bit but I was also a full-time mum and when you're renovating you've got no there's no working capital really unless you've got profit that you've made and of course because I keep 
keeping all my properties. I hadn't actually, I wasn't, I didn't have anything just to, to work from. So I, so by the middle of last year, I started looking for a second Airbnb, Airbnb property that I would renovate and then Airbnb. And so I found one in Melbourne and right in the CBD on Little Collins Street. And it's just the coolest little apartment. It's Art Deco and it was really ugly in, inside, but the bones were good and the exterior of the building was good. And so I set myself a task of we we settled on that in the middle of September and I wanted to have it up and running by Cup Day in Melbourne. So Melbourne Cup Day or Melbourne Cup Weekend, but that didn't quite happen and it was ready by Christmas and it's been Airbnb really well since then. That's so, really cute, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a good and one and I think it's just got unlimited potential. Like I haven't, it was one of those kind of ones where because of other things that are going on, it was a bit of a set and forget. Like I just got it up and running and went yeah. on with the next thing. But I think the more I put into that place, the more we'll get out of it, which is really yeah. good. And do you mind talking numbers on that, what you paid for it? And I'm- Yeah, I mean, it was, a, in my opinion, a real bargain. The Because of COVID and everyone kind of moving out of the city, there's just some really undervalued property in there. So that that particular apartment, so it's just a one-bedroom, quite a small apartment, one-bedroom, one-bath, kitchen, lounge, um, big, tall Art Deco windows and lots of light coming in, but that's really it. No balcony or anything like that. It sold in 2018 for 360, but I bought it for 311. So it was just no one wanted these, no one wants these apartments at the moment, which is really interesting. But so I bought that for 311, put about near close to 60,000 into it, and it's now being revalued at 460. So, which is pretty good. And then monthly. And the thing is with these Airbnbs, if you can buy them at the right price, they're so easy to make your money back on each month or to cover your costs because you only have to find maximum like $3,000 worth of bookings to cover the mortgage and all your utilities and any other running costs you might have and still bank a little bit of profit. And then anything from there is extra. And that's what I've found if, it's trickier when your Airbnb, when a property you have that you want to Airbnb has a really large mortgage on it because yeah, you might get the higher nightly price, but if something drops back, you haven't got that much room to move because you've got such a high mortgage on it. So that one's just a little, just, it's so easy each month, but just takes a few bookings and we're there and then anything else is cream on top, which is really nice. So we're getting a few questions in. I will hold off with those, but I will, for those of you who are asking, I will ask them, but we'll just get through this part and then we'll get into it. So, yeah, and so do you actually manage that yourself? Yeah, well, to some extent. So because it's right in the city, I had some concerns about the type of guests I might get. So I was worried about people doing last-minute bookings if they had a big night out or something like that and wanted to somewhere to stay afterwards and kind of continue on the night. Mm. And also within that building, I have, um, there are a lot of residents that live in there and that are owner occupiers and then other people that rent. And so I just wanted to be really respectful of them in terms of how I went about 
getting my guests in and out and making sure that they were always good guests and there was nothing going on that could upset any of the residents. So I manage the I manage everything apart from the cleaning and the key exchange. So rather than having a lockbox or anything like that, I actually use a company called Key Ninja and they arrange a time to meet the guests. So the guest contacts them through a link, arranges a time to meet the guest, meet the Key Ninja, who then gives them the key. They check their ID. They make sure that they're the same person that is on the booking and then they show them up to the, the apartment. It's really good. So, and then that same company comes in and cleans afterwards and collects the key. So it just kind of is this kind of full service, which means that they're always checking the apartment and they're checking the guest as well, which, and it costs, I think it's like $29 a guest. So for me, it's just not, it's nothing. I just build that into my pricing. And it means that I'm not running in and out of the city ever, which is a nightmare. I mean, if you want to get into the details of how that actual renovation went with that place, it was really full on. Access is terrible. Trying to get into the city is so hard. Getting materials in there, parking. I think I copped like more than $500 worth of parking fines for my trades, not mine, but my trades would park and then they'd just bill it back to me because there was nowhere to park and they just had to. So yeah, so that's how I manage that. But I actually like, I haven't found the need to, yeah, to outsource my management at all with my Airbnbs as yet because I just, I pre-write all my messages and they just go out all my responses go out automatically depending on what kind of message I get. And then the other messages I get are pretty easy and I just manage them and it's fine. So I, and I feel like it's a nicer touch. I just like having that personal touch. Yeah. With my guests. And I feel like it matters at the end of the day. They always, I always seem to get beautiful reviews and comments about how lovely this day was. And I feel like that there's something to be said for having had personal contact with them definitely i i really yeah wholeheartedly agree with that and so are you only on airbnb with that one at the moment yeah yeah and i'm looking all the way all the time looking at ways to optimize the bookings whether i do some direct booking website or go on to other platforms but at the moment because i'm managing three of them I feel like just one platform is is the cleanest way of doing it. And especially with the other things that I've got going on in in life, I don't have 100% of my time to give to it. And maybe at some point I would open it up to other platforms, but at the moment it it works for me. The thing is Airbnb is much easier than any other platform and, yeah, and their level of protection is good. And I think while you're busy, it's probably not a bad idea to just leave it there. Are you building a database? No, no, yeah. I'm not. And it's one of those things that I talk, like I talk about it all the time with my husband yeah. and we, I say we need to. There's so much you can do with Airbnbs. It's just about time and how much you put into it. My focus at the moment is trying to get the Cape Patterson Airbnb really running as its kind of own identity on Instagram and and that's where I really need because that one has a lot of profit potential but it also has because it's quite seasonal it has potential just to kind of drop off for no apparent reason like 
this weekend. It's still what I would call middle of summer, but it's open. No one's booked it. And it just, nothing I can do is drop the pricing a little bit and things like that. And then other times you'll just get, it'll just be book, 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 book. But then, so I need to work out how I can get people to the property rather than just relying on Airbnb as a platform because you can't, you can't, you can't force people to your property through Airbnb. So that's my biggest thing is to get that one very visible to a wide audience and hopefully get direct bookings going on in there. And then later this year, I'll start really trying to optimize Little Collins Street because again, there's so much potential there. And something that really surprised me about Little Collins Street is that I thought I would be getting all these people coming in for the weekend. And because I, the way I decorated it, it's really like, beautiful and kind of and very cool and urban and I thought I'd have all these cool couples coming in and having like these delicious wines at the table (laughs) and going out for dinner and I'm just living it up and it's the opposite it's like these really nice um people that are in Melbourne for business and just want a beautiful space to be in it's not your regular service department that doesn't have any heart there's nothing worse than staying in you know I've just recently when I was in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, I stayed in this house that my parents had booked that was on Airbnb. And there was just, I mean, the bones were there. It had a, it had everything you needed, but there was just no love at all. And you could feel it. You could just feel it was just, ugh. it was just like, yeah. oh, we mean, we need mean nothing to these people except money. And whereas the reviews I've been getting for Little Collins, even though they're people just coming in on business for four or five days, they just love it. They say it's such a nice space to be in and it makes their trip so much nicer. So that's, that's cool awesome. Too. It's not just about money. <laughs> and Katrina's <laughs> asking what your Instagram handle is. For At the moment for Kate Patterson, it's Kate Patterson Beach Shack, but it's about to be changed. So I'm going to give it a full rebranding and get right into it because awesome. I know how important it is. That is at Katrina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've been like she yeah listened to her the other day and she hugely inspired me so yeah, that's great yeah. Katrina says hi <laughs> now let's get on to the current project so this is mm-hmm. the fourth one yeah yeah so do you want to just go into a bit of the detail of that yeah so I wasn't really meant to be buying another property I just bought the one in Little Collins Street and we were, we were having a really fast settlement on that so this was August last year we we're having a fast settlement so I could get in get it renovated get out done that was me done for the year <laughs> and then this house came up for sale three doors up from me same on the same side of the road same kind of era same aspect as well and and once again not a hoarder this time, but definitely a recluse. And I was just like, we just have to buy this because you're never going to get an opportunity again to buy something so close to home. And especially, you know, having renovated a property in Cape Patterson, I mean, I started that when we were living there, but I finished it when we were living back in Melbourne. That's a two-hour drive. And then doing the one in the city, I was just, I wanted something that was easy. We've got two young kids, five and three, I needed something that I could work on that wasn't going to take me half an hour to get to and it was going to be really easy and I could work on it at night if I wanted to. So we picked that up for a really good price and and the idea with that would be that we were going to do quite a major renovation, something similar to what we did in our own house. Take it from 
what is at the moment a one-bedroom freestanding house, which is kind of unheard of in our area. Like it was built in the 1940s and I don't know why it only has one bedroom, but it does. But the actual footprint is large enough to be two bedrooms. And then we, but we were going to actually make it into a three-bedroom, two-bathroom and big open plan living space out the back. So when we decided on that in August, um, obviously things were different then as well because of we'd only had a couple of interest rate or one interest rate rise by then. And I think it was you the other day, wasn't it, that said that every interest rate rise we have takes your mm. borrowing capacity down by $50,000. Mm. And so that's happened. It's slowly but surely every rate rise since August has just taken it down and down and down and down. So what we initially thought was going to be a major renovation has now come back in scope, which I'm actually quite excited about now. It was pushing my comfort zone to do that big one, which I think I was ready for. I was excited by that. And I was kind of, I thought it was a good thing to push me out of my comfort zone a bit. But um, now that we've pulled it back a bit, it's going to be still amazing, but I'm just going to renovate it within its current footprint and make it as good as it possibly can be within that space. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think, yes, having seen the level of stress you've been under, I think that's, I think it's really important to think about more than just the money Mm. because you're trying to create a better life for you and your family and you've got them in a pressure cooker while you're doing it, I think that's good for all of you. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's one thing I know about you, Lauren, you always manage to find an amazing deal. (laughs) Well, I've stopped looking now because, yeah, I was getting a bit dangerous there for a while. So that's it for a little while. Well, until I reckon maybe spring this year, I'm going to, that might be when I'm ready to go again. But yeah, at the moment, I'm really looking forward to being able to just focus on this one renovation and then just kind of get the Airbnbs just moving along really nicely and it just kind of keeping it a little bit more simple, (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) And also what's exciting about this one up the road is that I've done all my other renovations completely by myself, kind of like separate to my husband. But this time, because it's so close to home, And because it's a bigger renovation, he's quite invested in it. He really wants to help as well this time. So it's quite fun. We're making lots of the decisions together. And he was up there last night doing a little bit of work while I put the kids to bed. So it's a nice, it's a different journey for us this time, which is quite nice as well. Bit of a family affair. (laughs) And how do you, how do you sort of juggle that role as a mum and a wife with, with the busy life that you've created for yourself yeah yeah well we're really quite structured and that's a that's led a lot by my husband he needs real structure in his life he that's how he kind of thrives so whereas I'm someone that I'm quite happy to kind of pivot and move and I'm quite flexible and I can respond to different things in different ways he is the opposite so this year, the way that we're running things, we now have one of our children in, in school. So I, and we have, and my little one, my littlest one, who's three, is in kinder and daycare, and that takes three days a week. But the thing that's really made a difference for us this year is that two mornings a week, my husband starts super early. So he starts work, he just gets up, goes straight to work. I do 
the school run and the kinder drop off, but then he knocks off early and he does all the pickups. So I can actually work right through from after school drop off right up until six o'clock at night. And that gives me so much hands-on time. And particularly with this current renovation, I am doing a little, more, a little bit more hands-on stuff than I have done in other ones, just because I can, because it's right there. I have the capacity to do it and we're trying to save money everywhere we can in this one. So the way I do it is I spend one day, I have three days and I spend one day doing admin and two days doing kind of either hands-on stuff at one of the Airbnbs because they always need something. If there's three of them, it might be the gardening or it might be just checking through. And then I spend and then I spend the rest of my time at the other one. And sorry, just to what we didn't mention before is I've actually given the house up the road just a small haircut so that if we need to renovate if we need to Airbnb that at any stage, we can. Um, I think anyone that is renovating at the moment can appreciate holding cost pressures and I had money set aside for five months worth of holding costs and then the actual renovation loan would come in and there would be another set of money set aside out of that to hold as we renovated. Hmm. But every rate rise just cuts into that a little bit more. So my backup plan is that it's ready, it's sitting there, it's set up. If we need to Airbnb it, we can. And even if it brings in $500, $1,000, it's something. And so... Yeah. We're structuring it usually with the renovation. I go in, I do it, I demo everything, and I just go through the trades and I run it, and it's completely uninhabitable. But this one, I'm actually, yeah, I've set it up as an Airbnb. The grounds and the actual the land and the garden need so much work, it's non existent. So I'm starting with the landscaping this time and then moving through that, getting all the fencing done, making it beautiful on the outside. And then I'll start on the inside. So you, so have you settled on a plan? I had a look at it last night, went online and had a look at it. And I can see what you mean about the garden. There's a, quite a bit of concrete there. Oh, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. It's just so, there is no, there's no garden. And it's interesting, just as an aside, like I met the neighbour and she, she's actually, she's, in her 50s now but she grew up there she's she was looking after her mother's house and she grew up next door and she said that garden was amazing it was absolutely beautiful it was just filled with roses and all these gorgeous plants and the woman that originally had the house just cherished her garden but at some point someone came along and just concreted over everything and then put white pebbles over everything else that they could find and so it is it is definitely what you would call a blank canvas it's got <laughs> unlimited potential because nothing <laughs> anything you could do would be better than what it is at the moment so yeah so we're going to do the landscaping first get it establishing so that by the time we're ready to sell it is a it is a garden that's kind of established a little bit rather than just something brand new and everything is kind of just growing up so mm. yeah and so have you agreed on the, the plan actual, yeah <laughs> No, I, so as I sent it out to our Wonder Woman group and I got some amazing ideas. It's funny when you just send things, I've played around with it so much and then you just get other people looking at it and they come up with something that you never saw. It's just amazing. So now that I've got that, 
I've drawn those up and then I'm going to send them back through for feedback from everyone. And also to, I've got two real estate agents that I'm working really closely with and I'm going to get their feedback and see what, what will give us the, the best result and what the buyers in this area really want. Yeah. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll just ask this question here that's still sitting there. Do you find inner city Airbnb makes better profits than your other ones? It's, well, I've only been running it. So that one in the city has only been running since Christmas time, which is, it, so I don't have a lot to draw from, but I think at the peak, I think it will be consistently good over across the entire year because you've got so many events coming through Melbourne and you've got those business travellers. But like the the beach house that we have earns so much money over peak summer, up to $500 a night sometimes. Whereas the city, it's only earning about 200, maybe sometimes 280 a night. So it's a lower... It's a lower nightly price, but more consistent across the year, mm. whereas you have these huge peaks. So, I mean, with the Airbnb down at the coast, if you could keep those peaks going at that time, then it would be amazing. And even so, I might share, like last year, the Airbnb down at Cape Patterson, it grossed over $50,000 in income. So it still is very good. Very, very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And that's not a net figure, but the bank still loves it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't actually bank any of that money, but they still love that figure. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And so tell me, what do your friends think about what you're doing? Do you talk about it? Not that much, actually. There's a, it's a hard one because they actually think I'm – a bit of a joke in some ways because they just think it's so funny how many houses I've bought in the last two years and a lot of them some of them own house property and some of them don't they're still renting and yeah. they'll probably never own property and and there's so I always wanted to own property right from when I was very young I bought my first one when I was 26 I remember at the time people were going overseas and doing like big trips overseas and I said oh no I'm just going to stay here and buy a little unit and live in there. And I'd always wanted to do that. And so that was kind of what kicked me off. But other people my age at that time just didn't have any interest and they still don't really. But yeah. if they'd started, then it probably would have been a bit easier for them to find their way into the market now. I also found, I find similarly to the per the woman that you was on your podcast last week, that I think she mentioned something about how a lot of people my age, like they can't see the steps into it they just want they just can only see that they can't afford a three-bedroom house with a big backyard but they're not prepared to say go do a two-bedroom unit first and live in that and then or even do rent vesting which I try and tell so many people about that you don't actually have to live in the place to benefit from it but yeah so no one's doing what I'm doing in my circle of friends and I think they think I'm a bit crazy. <laughs> Do you think you're crazy? No, because I love it. I mm. love it. Mm. And I feel like it's so it's such a it's such an inspiring and flexible job. I, I don't just love one part of it, I like all of it. I love the design, I love the strategy, I love the admin. I love working with the trades. Like that's one of my favorite bits is tradies. I just, that's some of the best people you ever meet. Like, 
and even just sometimes you just have these good days. Like this morning I had to get up and we had a big night last night. One of my kids has got gastro, so we were up all night. But this morning I had to go to Bunnings and get materials for my carpenter because he couldn't do it. He needed them today. No one could deliver them in time. So I had to go there and I had to get all this form ply and this cladding and all these big pieces of structural pine and I had to hire a van from Bunnings and get up there and then get it. And But I had these three guys at Bunnings just like packing it in for me, strapping it in and bending over backwards. And they were just so nice and so decent. And I thought, well, that's kicked off my day well because it's just, yeah. it was so much easier than it could have been. And yeah. And then brought it back and now the carpenter's up there doing what he's doing and getting on with it and we haven't lost a day's work. So that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> so a lot of people are really concerned about working with trades at the moment. What's your experience of that? I, well, I generally all the trades that I use are amazing. I just get a good feeling about some of them and I just go go with those ones. And I find trades through all different ways. I go on high pages. Sometimes I go on air tasker. I did find when I was working in the city that I came unstuck with a couple. It seemed that I was getting people that were able to kind of like mislead me on certain things and their profiles on air tasker and stuff like that. And weren't, and because it was in the city and it was easy to get to, they could kind of turn up without a trade vehicle and things like that. So I had a couple of experiences there which weren't so good but that is the only time that I've had a bad trade experience every other time I just have great guys working for me they're easy to deal with and they're really honest and transparent and um yeah I just I love them they're great and I don't and like I know some of the women in our group are so amazing they just treat their trades so well they bake for them and <laughs> set up. and I just don't have the time to do that I have no absolutely no capacity to do that kind of thing they might get a coffee once in a while if I'm walking past but I pay them on time sometimes same day oh. if they want that and I pay the materials bills straight away I have a joke with them I'm really honest with them and I just I think that makes a difference as well. Mm. So I completely agree. And I think, I really think being paid on time ranks higher than muffins because, yeah, yeah because so many people do treat trades with disrespect and, yeah, so I think that you get what you give and that's clearly working for you. Now, there's probably just one more or two more questions I want to ask you. So something I've noticed about the Melbourne market is that apartments are not doing that well in terms of renovation projects. Has, is that what you're mm-hmm. seeing? In terms of selling? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think apartments, I think people are wanting a lot for their money at the moment and there are some real bargains out there. And I think with apartments, people don't care as much at the moment if they're completely renovated. That's my gut feel on it. Whereas with houses, people with families, they want the full, like they kind of want a turnkey, right? They want to be able to walk in and say, here's my beautiful new house, easy. I've got two children. I can just move straight in and it's lovely. But with the apartments, I think, yeah, I think there's been a lot on the market, but I think it's it'll change really soon because there's going to be a shortage and people want to come through. Kind of come through and buy. 
I know Hannah's been looking for an apartment in or around Malvern and she's looking at properties for mid twos that 18 months ago sold for mid threes. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's like that's an incredible uh, reduction Drop. in something like 25%, pretty big, yeah. So, yes, I think that's probably... And I think people know that and I think the buyers just know that it's a buyer's market and they're just kind of... Exactly. They just want more and more. Like I, with my reservoir property, I only got, there was so much interest. We had so many people through, but I, that when I finally got an offer, it was 160000 less than the asking price. I mean, it was just ridiculous and it was a joke. And I just don't think that they, there's not that demand there. Like they don't actually really want it. There wasn't yeah. that kind of, so... Yeah but I'm sure there will be. We yeah. just need to hold a little bit longer and it will come back because I've seen Melbourne when it churns over good apartments at good prices. You know, that. in fact, I've sold two of them and they worked really well. I made more than 100,000 profit on each one and they they went really well with those first home buyers. So yeah. it will yeah. happen again. But at the moment, people just want so much more yeah. for their money. Yeah. And so the last thing I wanted to ask you, so if anyone would like to ask a question before we let Lauren get back to her empire. So clearly you were already renovating when you first started down this track. What may, what was the reason for you joining a program like ours? So why would you do that? Well, what drew me to it in the first place was just actually you, Benedict, because you're so... I'd done some other programs where, or looked into them where they weren't as practical and I don't feel as generous with the information as you are. Even through your podcast, you offer so much knowledge. And I learned in the first three podcasts that I listened to of yours, I just learned so much and it was amazing. So that was what I really wanted to do the program, like the 100K program, because I just wanted that real like tell me how to do it and I'll do it and that's kind of what your program's like it's just you follow these steps and you'll get these results and it and that's what I love and I'm quite a practical person so I just wanted just really practical advice and good solid stuff so that's why what drew me to it and that's why I did the first but then obviously I'm now part of Wonder Woman which is just invaluable because I've got this like huge group of women that just are doing the same thing as I'm doing, which, as we just spoke about, I don't have in my private life. I don't have anyone that I can really bounce ideas off or anything like that. There's no one that is even, I would say, properly interested in what I'm doing. They just don't know. They don't even know the extent of it. So having this group of women around me that know what I'm doing, are interested in what I'm doing and are doing it themselves, it's just one, it's inspiring because you're just watching all these other women doing these amazing things all the time. And it's kind of like there's no limit to what these women are capable of. They're just always kind of doing something new and pushing forward, which I think is amazing. And I find that so inspiring. And then just the support you get is incredible because like you can ask a question and everyone will help you and solve it and they really care about it as well. Mm. That's something that I really value about this group of women. They're very because often in property groups it can be a bit cutthroat and I love the generosity and oh. I think yeah, it's a special environment. 
everyone genuinely wants you to succeed. It's like you can feel it even in the smallest questions that you ask. We, everyone just participates and throws in so much of their own opinions about stuff and their own experiences. And it's just, yeah, it's a good group to be a part of. Well, thank you for that. The checks in the mail. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) So is there anything you want to add before we finish up? No, I don't think so. I think I want to thank you for being like such an amazing mentor to all of us, but to me especially. It's been last week when we had our strategy meeting that was just clarified so many things for me and it was really helpful and has sent me on the path I need to be on for the rest of the year. So thank you for what you do for us. Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm loving seeing you looking a little bit more relaxed. (laughs) Oh, I haven't had much sleep, so I'm uh, I'm surprised I'm not looking really tired. But, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful for you making the time to talk today. And just for anyone tuning in, we will get together some images and details about Lauren's projects because she does have a really lovely style and I'm sure you'll love to see them. And, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, Bernadette. You're very welcome. Thank you, Mikey. We're done. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.